Hello, and welcome to the Mind Your Leadership podcast. I'm Karen Tsuk, and today I will speak with Robin Hills. Robin is a business psychologist, emotional intelligence trainer. He's the director of EI for Change, a company specializing in educational training, coaching, and personal development focused around emotional intelligence. Today we will talk about what does it mean to lead with emotional intelligence. So stay with us. Robin, it's a pleasure that you are joining us to this conversation. Thank you for joining. Thank you for inviting me along. Pleasure to be here. Robin, I know that you are an expert in emotional intelligence and working with leaders to increase their self-awareness, touching the human side of leadership. So I'll be happy to hear what does that mean for you, self-awareness, increasing emotional intelligence, and what the unique viewpoint that you bring to the leaders that you're working with. Oh, there's a lot within that, Karen. And uh, I think the important thing is let's start off with uh, a nice, simple definition for everybody around what emotional intelligence is. For me, it's the ability to be smart with your feelings. So it's being able to use your intelligence to work with your emotions in order to make good decisions and build up authentic relationships with people. That for me is emotional intelligence. And as you rightly say, it includes self-awareness. So what is self-awareness and why is it so important? Well, we're humans and as leaders, we're working with humans. Mm -hmm. So how do we engage with people in a way where they are using their emotions in a positive, supportive manner. So in order to do that, you need to know what you're good at doing when you're working with people. And you've also got to know what it is that gets in the way and what limits Mm -hmm. you. So around that, you're going to engage with people better because you know that in certain circumstances, you are very good at perhaps empathizing or listening, or perhaps you're very good at being authoritative and telling people what to do when it's appropriate. Um, But there are going to be times when your limitations, your weaknesses get in the way. Perhaps you, you... If you're too authoritative, you lose a little bit on empathy. If you're too empathetic, you can't tell people what to do when the instruction is needed. So it's knowing when and where and how to get the best out of people. It's interesting because what you're saying is actually being able to hold the tensions, right, between uh, being empathetic and between being demanding. Sometimes I need to be more demanding, sometimes more empathetic. So we need to balance this too and be present with what is needed right now. Otherwise, it's not a, something that I can do this, the same thing every time, right, because it cha- the situation changes, the people changing. changing. That's right. And that means that as leaders, we're 
not going to get it right all the time uh, because it's a balance. It's so finely balanced, it's easily tipped one way and then tipped the other way. And if you happen to tip it the wrong way, then people are going to be perceiving it in a negative way. And you probably didn't intend it to be perceived that way. It's mm-hmm. just that's the way that the other person is seeing it. So having emotional intelligence allows you to be able to say, hey, I got it wrong. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I, I didn't intend to have that impact. I didn't intend for you to react to me in that way. Mm-hmm. That is just a consequence of me not getting it right on this occasion. Another thing that is really important, being self-aware is being able to pause and reflect upon our behavior, right? Because when humans, as you said, we're not robots, and uh, although the AI is uh, increasing and uh, maybe in in a few years will remove us or from a few of the jobs, but till now, we're still we are human being working with human beings. So in order to increase our self-awareness, it means that we need to be able to reflect upon our behaviors and work with it. And sometimes, we'll, as you said, we'll be right and sometimes we'll have mistakes, but this is what it means being human. But the ability to reflect upon it and to learn from it, this is the crucial element of self-awareness, right? Otherwise, we can't improve, we can't change, we can't learn, and then we do the same mistakes over and over. Yes, that's right. It's very much a case of learning through your circumstances. What did I do right here? What went well? And what could I have done better? What didn't go quite so well? And, And it's having, again, that balanced conversation in your own mind so you can then reflect, you can ruminate, and you can be then mindful of the fact that you need to adapt in various other circumstances. So uh, you've said that I'm an expert in emotional intelligence, and thank you for saying that. Uh, Am I emotionally intelligent? Well, if I answer no, what am I doing in the field of emotional intelligence? Uh But if I answer yes, it's rather arrogant and self-conceited and uh, suggests that there's no room for improvement. Uh So in terms of my emotional intelligence, I'm learning. I'm learning all the time. And there are times when I get it desperately wrong. And there are times when I'm really pleased and really proud of what I've done. And it's understanding that every circumstance is different, every person is different, uh, every situation is different, and you're just adapting and learning through that process. And hopefully you get it more right than you get it more wrong. <laughs> That's right. You know, we we walk the talk, we, we learn what we teach. This is what the saying goes, right? So we also evolving in this area and learning about ourselves. I think we are evolving as human beings so we're also changing so we need to learn our new system and new motivations and different emotions that we're feeling every moment because it's, it changes it's not the same it's like you can't go to the river twice to the same river right yes Robin, from your experience what is the um, challenging part in the emotional intelligence aspect in in being a leader and leading people what do you see is the most challenging aspect well i'm going to go back to what you were talking about karen in terms of this balance and a lot of leaders 
struggling with getting the balance between what being a good leader is and what being a good manager is. And there is a big difference between the two because management is more around instructing and putting in place processes and defining tasks, whereas leadership is more around getting the best out of people. And and again, it's a balance. It's balance between telling and educating and a balance between asking and coaching and uh, leaders have this challenge in terms of getting that balance right so often many leaders will go down the avenue of telling and instructing because it's easier and people will do what they are told Mm -hmm. but to be a really and truly effective and an emotionally intelligent leader, a good leader needs to have more asking capabilities and more coaching capabilities. And I think a lot of leaders really struggle with that aspect because they know that they have to ask questions. So they ask very leading questions. Mm-hmm. So I've just told you what to do. Have you understood what it is that I'm expecting of you? question uh so go away and do it have you got any further questions and there's another question okay well let me know by the end of the week whether we need to reappraise what it is that we've decided and within there there's a couple of questions and okay there reasonable questions but they are not coaching questions and I think good leaders really do know the difference between asking an open question and asking a good coaching question. You say there's a difference between open question that we really are open to listen to what wants to emerge into the other person or close question that we direct them by this question so we like use it as a tool to manipulate them to do what we want them to do, but we are not really asking an open question and seeing where is the other people and what the other person needs from us in order to succeed with this project or whatever he needs to do, right? Yes, yes, and, and, and a lot of leaders will say to me, oh, it's just so much easier just to tell people what to do. Uh-huh. Uh, well, it is, but actually it's just as easy to coach people if you've got the right mindset and the right people and the right attitude and the right approach. It just really requires a bit of dedication and, and a bit of investment in the first instance to get to that point. Yes, it's again, it's the long term or the short term. In the short term, maybe it's more challenging because we need to be there with our employees to listen to what they need to say, to be with their unpleasant emotions, especially nowadays in the COVID situation, people are going through challenging time and struggling So I think leaders need to be there for their employees also emotionally. And it's not an easy thing to do for people, no, because they need to be connected to their own feelings in order to be there for the other people. So what do you think about it? Yes, well, I I think a lot of people are under a lot of pressure because of not only the circumstances that we all find ourselves in currently, but within a business environment, we're always pressurized by deadlines. 
we're always pressurized by targets we're always pressurized by the bottom line by the profitability and all of these pressures compound together to create a situation or a circumstance where people are driving to striving to do the best that they possibly can do but what is more important is it the deadline is it the uh, target is it the the budget what is it that is driving everything and and if everything starts compounding and building and building and building then the leader is going to feel Mm-hmm. quite unpleasant at times and through that unpleasantness drives a, a climate within the people that they work with which encourages urgency to to do things quickly and as effectively as possible and like I say often it's just as easy to tell people what to do. To have an example from working with leaders in an organization when the assessment the tools help them to communicate better to understand each other better in the working environment? Yes. As I've said, one of the scales is looking at how people like to organize themselves in the world. Mm -hmm. So uh, assuming that you have a very, very strong churching preference, you like everything to be organized, you like to do everything in a very systematic way, and you like everything to be done in a very methodical manner. You and I have a report to get to our senior leaders by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a very strong judging preference, you will sit down and you will scope out what needs to happen and you will do a little bit on a Monday, you'll do a little bit on a Tuesday, you'll do a little bit on a Wednesday, Thursday, and then on Friday, you'll do most of the work and make sure it is perfect and hand it over to the senior leader by the deadline. Mm -hmm. Somebody with a perceiving preference has a completely different view of how to work with this instruction, with with this demand, this report. Now, it doesn't mean to say that they are any better or any worse at getting the report ready they just have a different preference a different way of doing it so what they will do is they'll think about it a little bit on a Monday they won't do anything Mm -hmm. they'll think about what needs to happen now you won't see any of that because it's going on inside their head on a Tuesday they might think about it a little bit more and they might put a few scrappy notes down on a bit of paper on a Wednesday they might do a little bit on a Thursday they won't do anything at all and on a Friday, they'll have a sudden surge and adrenaline rush, which is what they need in order to put all their energy and focus on getting the report. And they will hit the deadline, but it will be an absolute panic for them to get everything done in the right way at the right time to get it ready for the mm-hmm. deadline. Now, looking at the two preferences and the way in which they're working, The person with a perceiving preference that likes to leave everything to the last minute will look at the other person and think, oh, for goodness sake, get a life. You know, we don't have to worry about it until later on in the week. Mm -hmm. You know, why are you doing it now? You know, we've got other things to be doing. Whereas that person may look at the other person who is leaving it right to the last minute and thinking, crikey they're very very disorganized that is not the way in which I want to work and this is where conflict starts to arise because people 
are doing things in a different way. Now, bear in mind, the end result is exactly the same. The deadline's hit, the report is on the table. It is good enough, it's perfect. It's just the behaviours that lead up to that point mm-hmm. are completely different. So it's connected in my head to the fact that the way to lead nowadays is giving the employees to do it by themselves and not tell them how to do, but look after the results and not after the way they're doing it. So to enable people to bring themselves fully to the workplace and to find their way. The fact that I work in a certain way and you prefer in another way doesn't mean that one is better than another. So I think this is something that also need, we need to take into account nowadays to enable people to find their way to deliver the results however they need to deliver. So we need to check the delivery and not the way. We can direct them on the way. It can be there for them if they have questions or guide them, but enable them. I think enablement is a crucial tool nowadays for leaders to lead, right? Yes, yes, that, that's right. So it is very much a case of the leader saying to the employee, I want a, a red round one. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be six inches across and it's got to be an inch thick. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I'm using em- empirical measures here. It's got yeah. to be, um, you know, 10 centimetres across and it's got to be two centimetres thick. Mm-hmm. Um, it really doesn't matter how the person arrives at getting a red round one with those dimensions but the leader has been very clear as to what it is that they want and the leader will expect that red round one to be available at the designated time and how the person goes about creating it is entirely up to them now if the end point the results are wrong, that's down to the fact that the leader hasn't clearly communicated exactly what they wanted. So it's very much allowing the people to learn and to grow through that process to ensure that they're actually capable and empowered and enabled to do what it is that they need to do. And that's part of good leadership because, um, you know, Uh, If we look at perfection, does it have to be 100% perfect? It has to be fit for purpose. So you need to define what that fitness is and make sure that the people are capable of delivering up to that point. Some people will go way beyond. Mm -hmm. Some people will just hit the target. Does it matter? It's up to you as a leader to define it. And you said the important thing is, being transparent, over-communicating, it's important to be clear with our expectation, right? And to over-communicate, it's better over-communicating than not communicating, and then we don't understand each other. It reminds me the the interaction we had in the beginning. Do you want to share? To share the, it was a nice uh, uh, connection that we had in the beginning. No, it's kind of funny talking about emotional intelligence. Do you remember? I, I, I honestly can't, Karen, because uh, you and I are communicating and I think, hey, we've got here. So please, please remind me what happened. <laughs> you remember that we set a meeting and I had a mistake and I didn't show up to, the, to our meeting. And then I wrote you an email and I told you, sorry, I, I couldn't come to the meeting. And I said, OK, I'm, so I'm waiting on the Zoom 
meeting for you when you were ready. And I, I wasn't sure that you're cynical or that you are frank. So I said, okay, I, I thought you are cynical. So I wrote you, okay, I understand. Because I went on to the Zoom and I didn't find you there, you remember? And then I, I thought you were joking and cynical because you got offended because I didn't show up. And I wrote you, sorry for not showing up, but I... I understand you're cynical, so thank you for trying and have a good day. And then you wrote me, no, but I really <laughs> was waiting in another Zoom. You didn't show up. So <laughs> <laughs> this was a great story because I think both of us had, had the emotional intelligence and being able to be frank with what we felt in the situation, because otherwise I would have disappeared or you would have disappeared and nothing would get out of it. But the fact that I communicated what I felt and thought that you are feeling and you could be honest and say, no, I'm, I wasn't cynical. I was waiting for you in another Zoom meeting. So then we understood the problem that we had and we can fix it. So it was really funny for me because both of us in this area, and we also had this clash of miscommunication, you know, it, it happens. So I think it's a great example to show that at the end of the day, uh, communicating frankly and sharing our experience or sharing our emotion and what we feel about the situation and being honest, this is what enables things to move on. Otherwise, it gets stuck, right? I'm in my story, yes. you're in your story, in your head, and then nothing goes further. And I think it builds onto it because you and I have built up a very good professional relationship following on from that to the point where I've kind of parked that and, and I've forgotten it because I don't need to remember it. You and I are working very, very well together. What led us to that point, you know, along the way, we we made some, both made some mistakes. Did it matter? No, it didn't affect the quality of the relationship at all. If anything, it built it up. So That's we've right. got a stronger relationship, but the specifics, do we really need to remember those specifics? Now you've mentioned it. Yes, I do remember it, yes, but uh, being put on the spot. No, I've forgotten about it. No, no, Karen and I, we've had a, a, a good conversation all the way along. <laughs> yeah, we overcome it. So I want to ask you another question regarding Difficult emotion in the workplace, emotions in the workplace, because I really believe that nowadays people have much more unpleasant feelings like stress, anxiety, Zoom fatigue. From your experience, how do you think leaders need to approach the people right now and be with this unpleasant feeling? Because, you know, emotional intelligence is nice. It's being able to understand our own feelings and our employees. And I want to ask you, what should we do with this unpleasant feeling? Because in the workplace, there's also... Uh, positive feelings and also negative feelings. And I think in this specific time, there's a lot of negative feelings that we all go through. Yes. And I think what I, I prefer your, your definition of unpleasant feelings rather yeah. than positive and negative feelings, because emotions are emotions mm -hmm. and we experience them for a reason. They're not good or bad, right or wrong. We're, we're experiencing an emotion. So why are we experiencing that emotion? And if we look at anger, which is often labeled as a negative emotion, anger can be very positive because if somebody is transgressing one of our values, is doing something that really causes us to feel that anger, we can then utilize that anger to right a wrong. If somebody is bullying somebody, if somebody is being offensive, if somebody is being racist, whatever it is, um, and we do not like it, we will be feeling that emotion and that emotion will drive us towards anger. So we can actually utilize that anger to say, hey, 
this is just not on. You don't do that or you don't do that in my presence. And I don't want to hear of any circumstances where that is happening. And that is a good use of what is normally labeled Mm -hmm. a negative emotion. And by the same token, happiness is considered to be a good positive emotion. Oh, we want everybody to be happy. Do Mm -hmm. we? Uh, Everybody is so deliriously happy that they take unnecessary risks. They're not communicating properly. Oh, don't worry about it. It'll be all right. Yeah, that's fine. Let's be happy about it. No, we we want to, again, we're going to go back to that word that we used earlier on that you drove us to use, Karen, balance. Mm -hmm. We want to get the balance right so that people are in the right emotional space to make the best decisions that they can make. Now, it might be that you have to drive people towards a degree of unpleasantness because it's that unpleasantness which is going to drive them forward and motivate them. It's that which is going to make them go the extra mile. Once they've done it, you then need to try to create the environment where you're celebrating success. Mm -hmm. So you may then want to induce an environment where people are feeling a lot more pleasant about themselves. Now, that's not manipulative. That is utilizing emotions and emotional intelligence in order for people to perform at their best and for you as a leader to encourage the right environment. I think it's important and beyond that, I want to add that I think what I see today is really needed. It's the ability to speak our emotional language, it's ability yeah. to give place to what we are feeling. First of all, to be connected to what we are feeling, because I think a lot of us closed our connection to what we are feeling and walking mostly for my mind. And you know, at the end of the day, the emotions are emotions, right? When we are feeling we can move on, we can be in motion, otherwise we get stuck. And our creativity, passion, and a lot of great traits are connected to the ability to feel, to be connected to our heart. So I think first of all, as leaders and managers, we need to help people connect to their own emotions, to their own complete experience and to speak those emotions and give them place in the discourse in the organization and say okay you know I see that you are really angry right now that's okay let's explore let's understand what makes you angry I I am also frustrated because I thought it would be ready till yesterday and it didn't so how can we work with it the ability to speak our emotions I think it's crucial I think we don't do it enough I worked with co-founders and one of them embraced this language, the emotional language. And he started talking with the the other co-founder, the emotional language. And the first situation, he didn't react and went out of the door because he didn't know how to react to this new language. So for me, being with emotional intelligence is first of all, being connected to our various emotions and being able to speak them loudly and to work with them with other people as well. So this is how I see the importance of emotions and working with them. And Robin, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, what other great tips can you give our listeners? Well, I, I think let's build upon what you you have just said and let's leave that as a, a nice tip for your 
listeners to go away and think about. Why do people go to work? Well, aside from the necessity of people going to work in order to earn money to put food on the table and a roof over their head, people go to work to be challenged. People do go to work to perform well and to grow and develop. And people go to work to do a good job. They don't get up in the morning and think, right, how can I really hack my leader off and how can I really pull the organization down? What they're doing is they get up up in the morning and thinking, right, I've got a day ahead of me. What have I got to do? And, And it's going to be a challenge. So people are not going to go to work and sit there deliriously happy all the time. They do need to be pushed in certain directions, which will have emotions associated with it and let's let's just look at it very simply something some emotions are going to be anxious some of the emotions that people will experience are going to be anxiety some are going to be frustration some may spill over into anger some may be disappointment some may be contentment some may be joy some may be pride in doing a good piece of work so it's going to be a combination of emotions throughout the day Mm -hmm. now these are emotions in the business environment they're not emotions in terms of people crying screaming and pulling their hair out Mm -hmm. that's not emotional intelligence that's being emotional but how do you capture people's emotions and utilize them in an appropriate Appropriate way, knowing full well that they are going to lurch from unpleasantness to pleasantness from various times throughout the day. And then as a leader, two simple words in the English language that you could use, or two simple phrases that you can use, which most leaders simply forget, or they just do not exist in their vocabulary, are the words please and the words thank you. That's interesting. You say that people don't use this word often. No, and I hear it from so many employees all the time. These words are words you cannot overuse if you're mm-hmm. using them genuinely. I think if you're not using them genuinely, people will pick up on it. In those sort of situations, don't use them. But, you know, you cannot overemphasize the words please and thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, They make people feel that they're doing a worthwhile job for a worthwhile leader. Great. So you say being appreciative, it's it's not a waste of uh, time and it's really important and people want to be respected, want to be seen, and even if it's small things. People will appreciate it when you will appreciate the work and we will see them. I think at the end of the day, people are want to be seen, right? Respect is the essence of all the things, right? How can I respect you even if I don't agree with you, even if we're in a conflict, even if you are in an unpleasant situation right now? Okay, but I'm coming from a respectful place and not from a manipulative place. I can engage you from a deeper place and then we can really connect from a deep place and achieve our goals otherwise it will be really challenging 
we can manipulate each other for the short term, but in the long term, it won't work. When it won't. And, and, and in terms of this word manipulation, I think we've got to be very careful because I wouldn't want to manipulate people. I want to validate people. So I want to understand them better. Mm-hmm. And their preference may be different from my preference. So it's a case of, as you say, Karen, it's respecting that and giving the person that ability to have their preference recognized Uh, and as a leader you've just got to bite your lip and be a big boy and a big or a big girl and say that's the way that person wants to do it so Mm. let let's allow them to grow develop and I'm pleased they're a part of my team because they're actually showing me up in ways that I can actually learn and grow and develop as a leader Robin, thank you very much for your experience and for the time sharing with us. How can people find you? Yeah, I'm available on the internet. I'm on LinkedIn. Look for me, Robin Hills. I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook group. Uh, my website is EI, EI for Emotional Intelligence, mm-hmm. number four change, EI4change.com. And I have a series of courses on emotional intelligence, probably the most comprehensive range of courses on emotional intelligence available anywhere. And you can find those at courses.ei4change.info. Great. So, Robin, thank you very much for being with us. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure, too. Thank you ever so much, Karen. This was Robin Hills. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. You're invited to, un- to subscribe to our podcast in order to know when we upload a new episode and follow us on social media. Thank you for listening. Until next episode, take care and bye-bye.